Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. So this morning we started talking about the same, same line. Go with me to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. And um, I didn't get real far this morning uh, in my notes and, and what I was uh, intending to say, but that's all right. We, we just want to, um, to yield to the Holy Spirit and let him do what he wants to do. But I'm endeavoring, I want to get through to some things this evening, so, so bear with us here. But in Hebrews chapter 11, we'll read verses 1 through 3. It says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen for it. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, verse 3, by faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. So we were talking about uh, faith, obviously, again. And faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That word substance means foundation. It, it is the, it, and foundations are immovable. Foundations are unwavering. They are solid, set uh, stationary things that are that are permanent structures and they're things we build our life on and our faith should be immovable it should be it should be that foundation in our life that we build our life upon is our faith in God our faith in God's word and any variance or any any instability in our life we need to make sure we're working on those things and and getting those things worked out and uh, that our faith in God is secure, amen? So we talked about that this morning. You can go back and listen to it. And we also read the scripture in Hebrews 11, verse 6, just a couple verses down. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It says, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I've got good news for you. He is. And he is a rewarder. He is God. He is who the word says he is. Amen. He is he is good. He is our Father. Amen. And He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him out. And so uh, we can see here just as Scripture without faith, it's impossible to please God, meaning that it's not possible, just what the Word says. Impossible means not possible. And so the subject of faith is super important to us. And that, like I said this morning, that ought to be our, our, our primary objective in life is to please the Father. And uh, doing all these other things, all, stuff is good. There's a lot of good things out there, but living by faith, I tell you, that's what God honors. That's what God really likes. That's what pleases him. It's because it's his kids looking and acting like him. You know, as a parent, I remember when my kids were young, now they're getting older, and, and uh, when my kids were little, you know, they might try to put on Amy's shoes or try to put on my shoes, you know, and whose who's kids have done that? You know, when, you're, when your kids are small, their feet are tiny, they put them in your shoes, and Kelsey does not have a happy face on. Apparently, she does not like this, but it always, to me, was kind of funny. You know, they're, what are they doing? They're trying to be like their dad. You know, they're trying to be like mom. They're trying to be like dad, and, and now... My kids wear my shoes because they have the same size foot. So, uh, so things have changed. And so I have to go in and make sure that my, my shoes are not in their room and whatever. But anyway, so now it's not as cute. But when they were little, you know, they, they would our, get in our shoes and kind of walk around the house. And, you know, it, it, was, it was fun to us because, you know, our kids are, there's a desire to be like mom and dad. Well, when we're living by faith, just on a parental level, God loves to see his kids walking around and looking like him, putting on his faith, sinking their shoes into it and moving around. He loves that. And he also knows that you'll do, if you continue to do that, you'll grow into those things. 
You'll grow. If you're walking by faith, if you're living this out, you'll grow into those things. You'll grow into those areas. Just like my kids have grown into my shoes, you'll grow into God's shoes. Amen. And so, you know, this, this living by faith, this walking by faith is such an important thing. And that is how we please God. And, and, uh, so we talked about some of those things this morning and, uh, I want to continue on and, and, and try to get to, um, a couple things here at the end. And uh, we're reading here in Hebrews chapter 11, we, we read the, the first verse, and um, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Then the next verse, it says, let me find my place here, it says, for, it, the, uh, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. The elders obtained a good, a good testimony. You know, this, this Hebrews chapter 11, we challenged the teenagers next door. We've been talking about faith for a while next door as well. And we challenged them to, we sat a week or two. We said, I want you to read Hebrews 11 every day. Read it every day. How many know you need to be reading the Bible every day? And have something that you're reading, that you're taking in God's word into your life. And we gave them an assignment, you know, read Hebrews 11 every day. And it was fun because they came back the next week and in the next week. They were so excited because they were seeing, seeing things in Hebrews 11. God was showing them things. They were excited about it. That, that's how this works. And so we had them to, to, to spend some time reading these things. And Hebrews chapter 11 is a, a fantastic chapter. It's called the, the Hall of Faith. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an example. It's not just there for us to say, oh, look at these people, look what they did, but it's an encouragement to us. But if they could do these things, then we could do these things. Why? Because God's not a respecter of persons. And so Hebrews chapter 11 is such a fun, uh, a fun topic and a fun chapter, but it says here by faith, remember faith is a substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen and by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. So of all the things that they did, they obtained a good testimony by, by their faith. What a great witness that is. In fact, it was God that had the witness of them. He judged their testimony to be a good testimony. He judged them faithful. And he, it happened, why? It happened through faith, by faith, a lifestyle of faith. When you read through Hebrews chapter 11, you have all of these different um, people that are listed, different ones that are, that are mentioned there. If you've not read it recently, I encourage you to go back and, and read it. When you go through Hebrews chapter 11, you have all of these places. Uh, uh, verse 4, by faith, Abel offered to God a, a more excellent sacrifice. By, by faith, you can say Abel gave, right? It goes on, uh, verse uh, 5, by faith, Enoch was taken. So by faith, Enoch walked with God and was taken. Has all of these things they did, but notice they, they didn't do them because of their, their, their great personalities or their great choice in clothes or, or their, you know, their, their style is not what did it. They did it by faith. And I'm sure these were interesting folks and they had a lot of great things that went for them. But, but what does eternity, what does history, what does God note about these individuals? It's their faith. What, what, does, what does he mention? He mentions them in accordance to their faith, what they did by faith. Remember, because it's faith that pleases God. If you go through the list, by faith, Abraham obeyed. If you, verse 6, by faith, he dwelt in the city. He stayed in one place and left, in, left another place. By faith, Sarah received strength to conceive. Uh, by faith, uh, Abraham uh, offered Isaac. He, he offered a sacrifice. He obeyed God. By faith, Isaac blessed. By uh, verse 20, 21, by faith, Jacob blessed. By uh, verse uh, 20, 22, by faith, Joseph made plans for the future, right? By faith, Moses, he rejected one thing and embraced another. By faith, they did these things. In fact, even Rahab, by faith, she survived. 
Rahab the harlot, by faith, she survived something that was impending doom. She survived. And so all of these things happen. These illustrations are given. They're not just recorded just to fill pages. They're done for a purpose. And they're there to encourage us. They did things by faith, which gave them a good testimony. We're to live by faith. And the things we do by faith will also give us a good testimony with the Lord. It will produce for us. And so, like I said, it's not because there's anything special about them. They're just ordinary folks like you and me, but they did these things by faith. I wanted to uh, spend a little bit of time just looking at Noah uh, for a few minutes and, and looking at the things that, um, that Noah did. And, and, you know, just before, before we, we go, go forward, you know, the things that these folks did, the fact that they were able to change their generation and, and do things that they did and believe God and they obtained this good testimony. I said before, you know, that, that is encouragement to us for us to take a stand and to believe God. But, you know, so it, it's also God expects us to do this. God expects us that our faith be marked with the statement, by faith, Jackie, and by faith, uh, you know, whoever, by faith, Jamie, and and by faith, Doyle. He expects that our life be the the same thing. So when we read these things, I want you to stop a second. This isn't just a message. This is is how God looks at things, and this is how he prioritizes things. And even more important, this is what he expects. It's always good to know the expectation someone has. It's always good to know what they're looking for. That way you can rise to the occasion so that you can meet the mark, so you can do what's expected. There's nothing worse than being sent out and not being told what to do or, or to know what's expected. But God gives clear indication of those things because they did this by faith, and we know that we can do things by faith. And in fact, these folks aren't even our example. We have an even higher example. God, The Word says that we're to imitate children imitate God as dear children and God is a faith God. So these are great examples, but we have a higher standard we can live by and by faith we can imitate our father. So I just want you just to, 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 for a second, as we look through this, see your life through this, see your situation through this, not just as a good story, but how does this apply to you and how do you step up in this? How, how, how do you respond? What steps do you need to take? The good news is, you know, these folks did great things, but uh, you've got more to offer than they did. They didn't have the Holy Spirit living on the inside. They didn't have a covenant with the Father like you do. You have all of these things, so you are well equipped. Amen? So we're looking at these scriptures. I want to look at uh, uh, Hebrews uh, 11. We're going to drop down to Hebrews 11, the, uh, the, the 7th verse. It says, By faith Noah... Being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of of righteousness, which is according to faith. So it gives us a snippet uh, of the life of Noah and the example, the testimony that Noah had. Notice it said, by faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, Moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. People say, sometimes read that and think he condemned the world. Well, Abraham lived up to what God was asking. Abraham lived righteous, and his ability to live righteous pointed out the fact that they all could have lived righteous. He didn't condemn the world as he did something there he gave an example that showed that they could have done the, what they needed to do. 
But it says here, he was warned of things not yet seen and moved with godly fear. The Amplified says, prompted by faith, Noah, being forewarned by God concerning events of which as yet, events of which as yet there was no visible sign, took heed and diligently and reverently constructed and prepared an ark for the deliverance of his own family. By this, his faith, faith which relied on God, he passed judgment and sentence on the world's unbelief and became an heir or possessor of righteousness, that relation of being right into which God puts the person who has faith. He did these things. Notice they were events of which had, there was no visible sign. The good speed said, faith led Noah when he was warned by God of things no one saw in, in obedience to the warning to build an ark in which to save his family. And by such faith, he condemned the world and came to possess that righteousness which faith, faith produces. There are, there are a couple things you can look at here in this verse uh, that are important on the subject of faith. It said that things not yet seen, things not yet seen. And really, when we're de- talking about the subject of faith, we're dealing with things that are not seen. We're dealing with things that we don't have evidence of or things that we're not, we don't see, we don't feel. It is such a privilege to be able to live beyond what you feel, what you see, what it looks like. We can live to a higher standard. And it says that he was warned of things not yet seen. Uh, the world, that, that word not yet seen, when you put it together, it just means not yet and never before. Not yet and never before. There were things coming that no one had, had ever heard of, had ever seen. A worldwide flood was something that no one had ever even imagined. The idea, and, and even today, we've not seen another worldwide flood ever. In fact, flooding was not even a normal thing back in those days. But even the idea of rain was something that, that was beyond, they didn't know what that even was. You say it didn't rain back then? Well, the scripture tells us in Genesis 2, 5, and 6, it says that uh, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth and there was no man to till the ground, but a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. So up until this point, there wasn't rain that happened. It didn't rain on a regular basis. They didn't have that. There was a mist that, that came up and, and formed and that's what watered everything. You know, the way things they are right now, they've not always been that way. And the way they are right now, they won't always be that way in the future either. And, uh, you know, so he, he divinely warned Noah of something that was happened, something that was coming. And it was something he had never even seen or never even heard of. Imagine being in Noah's position. That the Lord is warning him that mass casualty is coming. A great, if you, if you, we don't have time to read the account of, of Noah, but you can go back to Genesis 6, 7. And when you read what happened, it, it, it's an amazing account. But imagine being in Noah's position when God warns him of something that he has no idea really what God's even talking about. He just, it's a warning and you need to do something. There's coming a flood. What's that? It's, 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 it's a flood. And there's this thing called rain that's coming. What's that? You need to prepare. You need to do something. You know, I was thinking uh, last night about this. I, I wish I could find the article. I have time to look into it. But a couple years ago, I read, and this is kind of a side thought, I read an article. And this was amongst evangelical Christians. They had done a survey of, uh, survey of evangelical Christians in America. And they're asking them as far as the, the stories and the accounts in the Bible. They're asking people uh, their opinion on those things. And it was shocking amongst evangelical Christians, the number of people who didn't believe in the flood. 
They didn't believe in, in a lot of the Old Testament stories. They thought they were more just good stories to convey a message, but they actually didn't happen. This thing went on to, go, went on to say most, a, lot, a large portion of evangelical Christians didn't believe in the virgin birth. They believed it was a story, and it was, had a good point to it, but, you know, that, that can't happen. And it went through so many of the miracles that Jesus had and he performed. They were good stories, but they not necessarily really real events. And it even went on to say, oh, there was a large number of evangelical Christians didn't believe in a literal heaven, didn't believe in a literal hell. I have to ask myself, are they even born again? Right? You know, a person can have a stamp of Christian on them and yet not really know who God is and not believe the things that he says. And as a side note, we need to be careful that culture doesn't take supremacy in our life. Let's say it this way, that we don't adhere to cultural Christianity, but we adhere to biblical Christianity. The reality is there are things that the, the account of Noah is, is a is an amazing story. And I, I hate to use the word story because it, you, it makes people think of fairy tale. I, I don't mean it that way at all. It's an amazing account. It's an amazing uh, recording and story of what happened. Um, but it's easy to look at things and begin to, to, yeah, I believe that, I don't believe that. And we can lose the power of the word of God in our life and we can miss out on what God wants to do. If the word of God says something, it's true. And just because something you haven't seen it before doesn't mean it didn't happen. And I was thinking today, you know, uh, 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 I, I don't like to run. You've heard me talk about my exercise things. I've, in fact, I hate running, I, but I have run and, and gone to the gym and I, I, I've run. Here recently, I'm doing more of a, a fast walk at a really steep incline on the treadmill just to see if I like that any better. I don't. But anyway, uh, so far, I hate it just as much as running. But, but you know, I've always had the thing where, you know, I, I, I will run if something big is chasing me. Otherwise, I don't really want to do it. But and it has to be really big or has to be, if there's someone slower than me, then I'll have to run either. But anyway, um, but you know, I don't really like to do it, but, but I know there's some people who are really good and they're really fast. I've never, I've never run a six minute mile. Is that pathetic, Brittany? Is a six minute, is that, is a, is a six minute, mile? <laughs> she said that is pathetic. I've never run a six minute mile. I've never tried. Have you run a six minute mile? Oh, she's run a, a sub six. Let's all pray for humility over here. So <laughs> She's run a sub six. That just means less than six. All right, so it was five minutes and 59 seconds, right? All right, so she, I've never run a, a six-minute mile. I've never watched somebody run a six-minute mile. Not that I watch people run. I mean, you know, because I, I feel their pain when they're running. But anyway, I don't just do that. But I've never seen somebody, I don't know that I've seen someone run a, 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 a six-minute mile. I mean, Q is extremely fast. He's a very fast guy. Can you run a six-minute mile? He said no, so... He's not as good as Brittany, but, um, you know, I was looking today, I looked today that there is a, the first sub four minute mile was like three minutes and 50 something second. How much? 359 was done in uh, May 6th, Jack's birthday, May 6th, 1954 was the first sub minute, sub four minute mile. That is fast. In fact, the world record, world record right now was done in 1999. It's like three minutes and 34 seconds mile. That is crazy. There was something really big chasing that guy. I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't, I mean, you got to be really large. So that was a cheetah was after that guy. So, so we know, you know, that, that now I've never seen it. 
And, you know, people for years thought that wasn't possible. I mean, for years they thought that, that's, never, that's not possible. That can't be done. You know, human history is full of people saying something can't be done until somebody does it. Because our, our, our reference point is so short. I mean, I, I know if time goes on, I'm sure somebody will, 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 somebody will beat the world record the minute, the, the 1999 record. I'm sure somebody's going to beat it. In fact, it might be some football player who's 350 pound lineman may do it. I mean, who knows, right? I mean, things are just, you just never know what's going to happen. But a lot of times people will read these things and we can fall into the place. Well, if I don't know what that is, if I've never seen it, then I can't believe it. Imagine being in Noah's condition. He was in this place and he, God warned him that something was coming and he's something he had never heard of, never seen, never heard, never heard of rain, didn't know what it was. And yet he did something. And this is a part of what faith is. And I was trying to come up with a title today. We had many titles this morning that, that people offered. And, and uh, so I just, I, I, I titled it Faith Chooses to Fight. But part of this is Faith Chooses. Noah chose to believe what God was saying. Why, how did he do it? He did that by faith. He chose to believe what God was telling him. Faith is always a choice. We've spent so much time on Wednesday nights talking to the teenagers about the fact that faith is a choice. And we're not going to spend a lot of time tonight, but you have to know no matter where you're at, no matter where you're at in life, no matter what you see in God's word, no matter what he's told you, whether you believe it or not is not up to God. And it's really not a matter if you even understand it. If he has promised you something in his word, it all comes down to, are you willing to make a choice to believe God? Noah chose to believe what he was being told. He chose to believe it. And I know this seems like a small deal, but it's really, it's a major deal. It's a huge thing. When you think back to when Thomas uh, when, the, when the disciples came and told Thomas, Mary and the disciples came and said, Luke, we've seen the Lord. He's risen. We've seen the master. He said, he said, if I can't see his hands, if I can't put my, see the holes in his hands, if I can't put my hand in the holes of his side, he didn't say, I, I, can't, I, I can't believe it. He said, I will not believe it. He said, if I can't see those things, I will not believe it. Faith is always a choice. When we're talking about the subject of faith, no one can make the choice for you to believe but you. And no matter what it looks like, no matter how improbable it is, you can choose to believe what God has said. It doesn't matter what it is. You can choose to believe what God said. Noah made the decision, I choose to believe what he's telling me. If, if, if the story, if the account, this, this warning came to Noah and he's right there at this point, God speaks to him. And if he did not choose to obey, did not choose to believe God, we would, we, he wouldn't be recorded. We'd know nothing else, else about Noah. In fact, if he did that, we'd all be in trouble because he was the only one God could find to even talk to, right? We get to heaven, we need to thank old Noah for believing God, making a choice to believe but, but he made the decision. Had he not done that, the rest, the, rest of the, the rest of the story wouldn't have even been recorded. It wouldn't have happened. God wouldn't have been able, well, well, God needed to do something, and he would have found another way. No, that's not the way this works. God looked across the earth, and there was one man. The Bible says he was righteous in his generation. But there was only one person he could find was righteous in his generation. 
Imagine the trust that God has in us. Imagine the trust that God has in you and in me. He's looking for people that he can trust that will believe him and simply take him at his word. I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people, amen? But that's a decision that we make. That's a choice that we make. In every area, it's a decision to choose to believe God. I'm telling you, no matter what it is that's coming against you, you have a choice to make. Are you going to believe God or believe what you see? Are you going to believe God or believe what you know? Are you going to believe God or, or, or trust in how things seem to you? I say, well, that's not real encouraging. That is super encouraging. You get to decide. You get to decide where your trust is. No one else is deciding for you. He's laid it out there. You just have to choose, are you going to believe it or not? But Noah made the decision to choose, to, he made the decision to believe God. It's a choice. Then it goes on to say, it says, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. That moved with fear, I'm not going to try to pronounce the Greek word there, but it means to do something cautiously and to take action urgently and seriously. It means to do something cautiously, to take action urgently and seriously. God, or Noah knew that he had heard from God and he believed what God said. But you know, a lot of times people stop right there. They get a word from, from the Lord. They see something, a promise in the scripture, and they believe that it's true, but they don't do the next thing that's required, and that is a step of faith. And action, it says here that, that he moved cautiously. That doesn't mean slowly. It just means he was careful to do. If you read the account, if you go back and read what it says about Noah twice, just it's in, it's in uh, Genesis 6, I think it's like verses 12 and 18 or something, and it says that he did all according to all that the Lord had commanded. And it's repeated twice. And that's not just done to, 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 just to be repetitive. It was drawing a, a, a significance in our attention to the fact that he started with details and he finished with details. I mean, he was specific and careful to do everything the Lord had told him to do from beginning to end. What is this? This is faith prepares. Faith prepares. Faith just doesn't say, well, you know, this, he's, God's talking, telling me something I've never seen before. Let me sit back and wait and see what happens. That's not faith. Faith says, okay, I see what you're, I hear what you're saying. I believe what you're saying. Now I'm going to do something. I'm going to make room. I'm going to, I'm going to make adjustments in my life. Why are we talking about this? So many people fail because they're waiting for God to move. They believe him, but they're, they're waiting for him to do something. He might tell you to wait, but oftentimes he's telling you to do something. There's something you're supposed to do. And it says here that he, he moved with fear. He moved quickly. He was quick to obey. It says he prepared an ark. That word prepare means to put forth great effort to build a vessel or an ark. He put forth great effort to do it. You have to ask yourself, how, much do you, how, how, how badly do you want the things of God, the promises of God in your life? How badly do you want them? He says that he took great effort that word prepare, he took great effort to do it. You know, there are things that we're going to have to put some effort into. I know people don't like that, but there are things we're going to have to put effort into. I mean, Noah built this ark. And people estimate, of course, I wasn't there, you weren't there, so we don't know. But, but he, he was 500 years old when the Lord talked to him, 600 years old. So uh, when it happened, so he spent somewhere in between a neighborhood of, six, of, of 100 years working on this thing. 
That's a long time. That, that's a long, and this thing was big. I mean, you know, it gives the measurements in there. It was 170 yards long. So it's over one and a half football fields long. He built this thing on dry land, not near the water, but where the Lord told him to build it. And it took him a year to do it. In fact, when, once the flood happened, he was on the thing for a year. Imagine collecting the food and doing all the things that were required to do it. Imagine the, the, the resources it took to finance this. I mean, imagine the commitment of this consumed his entire life. You know, that really is a key to our success and having a good report with the Lord is what he's told you to do, is it consuming your life? Are you consumed with being obedient? Are you consumed with the word of God and his word to you? Are you consumed with it? Noah was consumed with this. It, it took over his life. So, well, that's because, you know, he realized it was for the saving of himself and his family. What God has called you to do, what he's placed on your heart, the things that his word tells us to do, do you realize it's for the, for the saving of you and your family as well? Do you know that it's the same thing? Yeah, but I don't, I don't see it. It doesn't matter what you see, what is the word of God said? But it says here, it said that Noah prepared he said this wasn't quick, it wasn't an easy thing to do, but, but he put time, he put effort into it. What are you preparing for? Seriously, right now, evaluate your own life. What are you actively preparing for in connection to what God has talked to you about? What, have you, what, what are you currently preparing for? Because faith prepares. Faith chooses to believe and faith prepares. That's, that's, that's what it does. By faith, Noah prepared. That is a response, a byproduct of faith. It's preparing. So what are you preparing? What are you making room for? What steps are you taking to, 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 to lay hold of those things the Lord has talked to you about? A lot of times we hear this stuff and we think, oh, those are good messages, but how, what are you doing with it? What are you preparing if you're not preparing anything, remember we talked this morning that faith is also, it's a position, it's a place. If you're not preparing, then you're not in a position of faith. If you're coasting, that's not faith. And if it's not faith, what is it? It's something that's not pleasing to God. We should always be stretching. We should always be stretching ourselves and reaching forward for more. Amen. What are you preparing? What are you looking towards? What are you excited about? What are you making room for in your life? It's such an important thing. And then another thing we want to look at is, is uh, what Noah did. Faith doesn't quit. Faith chooses to fight. Faith chooses to fight. And really, you know, when I was, when I was, when I was, uh, had this on my heart, this is kind of where I wanted to land. And we're not going to take a lot of time because we don't need to. But I want you to understand faith fights. Faith, there, there is a fight in faith. I said this morning, it, faith it requires you to put your big boy pants on. Right? It requires you to, to, to do something. It requires you to, to strain forward, to push forward. Remember Paul said, I, I'm pressing on to the mark. What is that? That's faith. Is that faith is a pressing. What are you pressing towards? What are you fighting for? What are you, what are you pushing yourself in? Faith doesn't quit. 
This, this example of Noah, let me read this to you. This is in Genesis chapter 6. This is verses 5 and 6. I'll read it to you. It says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man, this is the human race, was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. We're talking about Noah. Imagine the environment he was living in. That every intent of the thoughts of his heart, this time of mankind, everyone but Noah, was only evil continually. Uh, the 13th verse says in Genesis six thirteen, it said, And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. No matter what, now, we, look, we look at the time we live in now and we think, man, I mean, things are crazy. Ever had that thought before? Like, wow, things are crazy right now. You, you see the news and all the stuff and think people are crazy and, and it, can it get any worse? Yes, it can. Because we know that, that the earth, there's a lot of problems in the earth right now and there's a lot of, there's a lot of evil in the earth, but, but there's, it's not to the point that there's only one person that's righteous. We have a room full, at least we got a room full of righteous people, Right. But the earth here, it says that every, it says the intents, the thoughts of our hearts were only evil continually. Does, does that produce an environment that is easy to obey God? Does that produce an environment where it's comfortable to, pre, to, 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 to obey God? Do you think in that kind of environment, the, in 2 Peter, it says, uh, 2 Peter uh, 2, it calls, uh, I believe it's chapter 2, it says that, uh, uh, Noah was a preacher of righteousness. So not only was he a builder of the ark, he was also a preacher of righteousness. So it wasn't just that his building was preaching. He actually got out and preached as well. He was not on people's top 10 list, I'm sure. Because he was righteous. He was upholding. He had a good testimony. He was living by a standard that nobody else was listening to, was living by. Hey, no, he was not, he was not people, someone that people respected. You know, persecution is going to come when you obey God. Persecution comes as a result of obeying God. It's a fact that's going to happen. You know that Noah experienced a lot of persecution. Imagine he's doing this for a hundred years. I'm sure his family was asking him, what are we doing? His immediate family, they were saved. I'm sure he had them helping them. But what about extended? He, he lived a long time. He had lots of family members I'm sure they were thinking, Noah, you have lost your mind. What are you doing? Stop doing it. I'm sure he was harassed. He was, he, pressure was put on him. All of these things were happening, yet he did it anyway. What is that? Faith doesn't quit. Faith fights. Faith is a, fa is a position of aggression. It's, a, it's, a, it's an offensive thing. Not just defensive. It's a taking ground. It's a moving forward. If you're going to live by faith, if you're going to please God, you're going to have to push forward. You're going to have to fight some. Are you listening to me? You're going to have to push forward. Noah would not quit. He would not quit. He refused to quit. He, had he quit, his family would have been lost. He would have been lost. The plan of God would not have gone the way. Well, God's, God's will is going to be done. He doesn't work independently of us. He needed somebody who would obey. He found Noah, but Noah still had to do it. He still had to push through and not relent. 
What's your point? If we're going to live by faith, we're going to have to fight. I know we face things. I know things come our way when God says something to us, when he promises something, when he gives us instruction. You're going to have opposition. It's going to happen. I mean, our church is here over 42 years. It's been a fight to be here. There have been devils. There have been people. There have been all kinds of things that have been has tried to stop Impact Family Church from existing are we going to boohoo about it? That's the way it is. If we're not getting opposition, we're not doing something right. I'm not saying we're making our own problems, but you know, we, some of we've done dumb things maybe, but you know, but no, I don't know if we have or not, but, but I'm sure we've not done everything perfectly, but if you're going to pursue God, you're going to get opposition. If you're not getting any pushback, if no one in your family thinks you're crazy, if no one qu- if questions what you're doing, if no one's questioning the stance that you have, if no one's questioning your lifestyle, if no one's questioning these things, maybe you're not living by faith. Maybe you're not pushing the boundaries of things. Maybe you're not taking new ground. Maybe you're not preparing for the future. No, faith is something that we, 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 we make a decision not to go, not to, not to pull back we're in Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to close it up. I want you to look at this, Hebrews 11. But I want to back up just a couple scriptures. When we read Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It starts with now, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. You do know that this wasn't written in chapter and verse. It's not the way this was done. Now faith is a statement based on what he just said. It, it's, it's going on from this moment. I've said something. Now, this, 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 and this, right? That's how we talk. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So what he was just talking about is important. It ties directly to the subject of faith. Go back to Hebrew, Hebrews 10, 38. It says, now the just, we, we, for time's sake, we can't keep going back, but now the just shall live by faith. Faith is also a lifestyle. It's not just believing for things. It's, it's, it's how we conduct ourselves. How you respond to things, that's the life of faith. What you value, what you prioritize, that's, that's part of the life of faith. But he says, the just shall live by faith. But notice, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Remember Hebrews eleven six. it says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So this position of fight, not fight, is tied to our pleasing him. Right? It's tied to that because it says here that if, if anyone draws back, my soul, God was saying, my soul has no pleasure in him. Uh, that word draw back, the New Living says turns away. Bible in basic English uh, says goes back. The Amplified says draws back and shrinks back in fear. The Message Bible says cuts and runs. Cuts and runs. That means they start off, but they don't see it through to the end right? See, you're going to have opposition. You're going to have things. Gonna, it's going to happen. You have to make a decision. If you're going to live by faith, you're going to, it's, it's a, it's a begin and it's an end assignment. I'm going to start it and I'm going to finish it. Remember, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. If he starts and finishes, he expects us to start and finish. You have to push through. I'm sure the Davenports, you had times when the doctors were telling you stuff about the kids where there was a temptation to just say, you know what? This is difficult. This is hard. This is a strain. I'm just going to, I'm just going to just, I'm just going to, I'm going to back up. 
I'm going to just let the doctors do what they're going to do. I'm going to just trust medical science. And I'm just, I'm, I'm sure there was, there was times where you were tempted to do it. And that's not, be, that, that, we all face those things. Because using your faith and denying faith is the evidence of things not seen. Using what you believe and standing on that foundation of what God's word says, when everything else is telling you something different, that is tiring on the flesh. That is tiring mentally. That, 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 is, that is a labor. It's a labor. I'm sure that you're sure you were tempted to do it. I'm sure there were times you're thinking, you know, because nothing's changing and every report was coming back wrong and every report is saying something else and every report was this, that, you know, I'm sure there was a, there was a, there was a temptation to say, you know what, let's just see how this plays out. I want to take my foot off the pedal of faith and I'm just going to coast and see where it takes me. But that's not what faith does. Had they done that, I guarantee you the situation would have worked out differently. But they didn't. They kept their foot on the gas. They kept pushing forward. They didn't draw back. They didn't relent. They didn't let up. They didn't cut and run. They said, no, God said this. His word promised this. And I'm telling you, this is what's going to happen. Thank you, doctor. Thank you, nurse. I appreciate your help. But I have higher news. God said this. This is what's going to happen in my life. You got to push through. And I'm sure they had to do it multiple times. Multiple times. It wasn't just a one time I had to answer. I'm sure they had to do it again and do it again and do it again and do it again and do it again. We were talking to somebody the other day and we we're just, just kind of sharing our hearts. They were going through some things and said, listen, I just want to tell you. That, so you have an example. I'm not telling you to do anything we haven't done. And we just start explaining things that we've had to do in the past. Amy and I together, we've had to do and to, to be where God wants us to be, to obey God. Things that we had to quote unquote put up with. And stay faithful because his word tells us this. And he specifically gave us this instruction. What are we going to do? We're going to fight. We're not going to draw back. We're going to stay. We're going to believe God. We're going to stay and do what he told us to do. I don't care what happens. That's what we're going to do. And I, and I told him, I said, I'm not bragging. I'm not bragging on the devil. I'm not bragging on us. I'm just saying God's faithful. We just had, we didn't have to figure it out. We didn't know how it was going to work out. We didn't know what was going to happen, but we just, or or how it was going to happen. We knew what was going to happen, but we didn't know the how. We had a word from God. This is what he told us. This is what he put on our heart. This is what he instructed us. We're going to do it. We're going to continue to fight. I don't care. It's not that it's a bad way of saying it. I don't care. Like I'm, I'm, I'm unsympathetic. I sympathize. Jesus can sympathize with us. But, but he doesn't give us excuses for not fulfilling these things. He doesn't give us excuses for not walking these things out and seeing our faith through. He, there's no excuse there. We'll stand before the Lord and he won't say, well, you gave it a good shot. He expects us to finish these things. These faith battles, these faith things that we're believing for, the promises, the truths of God's word, he expects us to see these things through. You're gonna stand before the Lord. He's gonna say, you saw it through. You saw it through. And he'll say, I know you could. I knew you could. Why? Because he said in his word, he said, listen, I can sympathize with your weaknesses. So I've given you mercy where you've not let, where you've not, where you, where you've made some mistakes. I'm, I'm giving you some mercy here, but I'm also giving you grace to help. So just come boldly, get the grace, get, get the help, all the help you need. Come and get, I've made it all available to you. I don't, 
I don't, it doesn't matter what's going on. You have the ability to, your, your faith, you have the ability for your faith to see you through to the end. Just make a decision. I'm going to choose to believe God. Make a decision. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to do, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And then make the decision, I'm going to fight till the very end. I'm going to continue to push. I'm going to continue to push. I will not draw back. He says there, it says that, uh, uh, did I read that whole verse? In the uh, 38, it says, now, now the just shall live by faith. If anyone draws back, my soul shall not have, uh, my soul has no pleasure in him. But, but verse 39, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. So we're not those who draw back, but he didn't leave us there. He said, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition, to destruction, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. That, that, that is, that's a determination that you make. God doesn't decide that. In fact, this was written, this was written in faith about you and about me. We're not those who draw back, but we see it through the end. We do not draw back, but we are of those who believe to the saving of the soul. We see it all the way through. That's who we are as a people. I just want to encourage you, no matter what's going on, trust God. No matter what's going on, get a hold of the promises of God. No matter what it is, fight, push. Don't relent. Don't allow yourself to, ha- don't allow yourself to go that. Don't allow yourself. Don't allow yourself. Don't give yourself a day off and say, well, I'm just, I just want a day just to, just to wallow. Don't do it. Don't do it. Every day, every moment, remember Noah, he said that he followed in every single area. Once again, he did. He followed exactly as the Lord said in every detail. He started that way. He finished that way. He, that's how he approached the whole thing. If you'll do that, I'm telling you what, your faith will work for you. What God has said to you, it'll come to pass. Every single bit of it, every single bit of it will come to pass. You know, we all go through times of testing. We all go through times we have to prove ourselves faithful. So why is it that way? Because promotion comes as a result of some testing. Not that God is bringing something to test you. He's giving you an opportunity to prove and to show what you know and how you know to live. Listen, when those times come, be excited. You know, we were ta- the person we were talking to the other night, you know, we were telling them, listen, we've been through things. We've been through stuff, periods, not just like days and weeks, but years where we had to keep doing Keep, what did God tell us to do? That's what we're going to do. It, they were, we were talking to him about one situation. We didn't understand the reason behind it all. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. We didn't understand why we were there, what was going on. Because nothing looked like it made any sense. In fact, everything was, you need to get in that car and get out of town. I told him, I said, there was a period of time that every, every few days, I, Amy's talking me out of packing up. And the next day, I'm talking her out of packing up. And then we went that turn around the next day. Now I'm ready to pack up. Now she said, no, we can't go anywhere. Then the next day and I'm like, yeah. And she's like, oh, we got to get out of here. So no, we, we, we went back and forth. We went back and forth. We went back and forth and we helped one another. I said, you know, we got to the point. We made a decision. We're not going to do this anymore. Once and for all, we're choosing to believe what he told us to do. We're choosing to, 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 to do the things he's asked us to do. Every single bit of it. We, we're choosing and we're not going to quit. I tell you, the moment we did that, it wasn't just a short amount of time after that. Things began to change. Things began to happen. Why is that? God wanted to see, are you going to be faithful? Are you going to see this thing through? Are you going to see this thing through? Amen? Good news is you can do that. Amen? Let's stand up. Hallelujah. 
I trust this morning, this evening was a blessing to you. Hallelujah. We're a faith people. Praise God. Like I said, the Lord's been emphasizing this uh, uh, with us here for a while. And um, last several weeks. And I believe it's for a purpose. Praise God. But we always, we want to be sharp in our walk of faith. We want to be sharp in these things and make sure we are doing the things that are necessary. Father, we love you. Hallelujah. Jesus, we honor you. We bless you. Hallelujah. We bless you. We honor you. Father, we're so grateful for this life of faith. We're so grateful for the privilege it is to look like you, to function like you. What a blessing. We're so grateful. Hallelujah. Lord, and right now, if there's areas where we've missed it, areas where we've missed it, areas where we've not done what the Word says, where we've maybe not been immovable, where we've not been steady, where we've not been uh, committed to seeing things through. Man, when we've, when we've uh, entertained thoughts, and maybe, maybe it took some steps in a direction of compromise and, and drawing back. Father, forgive us. We, we, we do come before your grave, before your throne. We know you can sympathize. You went through all of it. You experienced all of the pressures of this life. In fact, way more than we had. So you experienced them all. You did it. You experienced it. And so we know we can come and, and get mercy, Father. We ask for mercy, forgiveness. And Lord, even on that, we repent. We, we make a decision to turn and go another direction, to realign ourselves in the right direction. To no longer allow that, that, that thing, that tendency to hold back or to cut and run. But Father, we make the determination to move forward and we ask for your grace. There's many situations, many things going on in different people's lives tonight, Lord. Whatever it is, your grace is sufficient. Your ability is sufficient. So Father, we ask for it, and we ask in faith, Lord, we believe we receive it tonight. We believe that it's ours. We're not going to question it. We've got what it takes to see this through, because you told us to ask, and then we know you've given it to us. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We're so thankful. We're so thankful the victory's ours. Hallelujah. We're grateful. We're grateful. We're grateful. Hallelujah. We thank you for it in Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. That stirred me up. Hallelujah. I just got a, something on my heart that God laid on me while Pastor Greg was, was um, speaking about God's doing, will do things in your life that you don't know about, but he'll call you because he knows that you're going to be faithful and you're going to do them. Uh, y'all know the story when I was you know, in my pickup truck and, and you know, out of a voice from God spoke to me. I realized God wasn't trying to turn me around. God was building this church. And God, God, needed, God needed a man that would get with the pastor and say, here I am. I'm a sinner. I don't know anything. I don't know nothing. I don't know where John 3.16 is at. 
But I come to church and I wanted to be a part of this church and I've always talked about longevity. This church is going to be around until Jesus comes back. I'm not always going to be here. But I made a commitment that I was going to serve my pastor whatever he wanted me to do in whatever ways. I had the worst job in the world. I worked on Sundays. I sold alcoholic beverages. I was anything that you would say, yeah, God's going to use you. He took the person that you would least think. And when I came in, God started moving things around in my life. He started moving things around little by little. I mean, I've been doing this now for since 1983, and this is 2023. How many years is that? 40 years God has moved things around in my life so I could be faithful to this church and be faithful to my pastor because God was building this church, and there's when I come in, there's still some people here today that was here back in 1983, but not very many. I don't know where they went. I see people come in. I see people go. I see people stay a while. I see people drop off. But you can't let that affect you. You have got to get behind our pastor and stay behind him and stay behind the future of this church and roll your sleeves up and do what God wants you to do. Um, You know, God started moving things around, like I said, so that he could use me in whatever way he wanted to use me. It's a a lifestyle. My life, I moved my life around and I put God first in my life. And that's all I wanted to do was serve God. That's all I wanted to do. Didn't want to do nothing else. I just wanted to serve God because I was liberated when I started hearing the word. And then God got me out of the alcoholic business. Praise God. I got into another business, another job. It wasn't worth the flip. But I didn't care. I was serving God. You know, I, I, and, and then he just kept... You know, year after year after year, something would happen and he would move me into this and he would do that and, 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 and my life would be better and, and, and then things would happen and, and then God would open this area for my life and then I'd move into that and then this happened. And I'm telling you, faith, like Pastor Greg, it's a lifestyle. It's not something that you try. It's, it's a lifestyle is how you live your life and you live it for God and that's all you care about I don't care about working I I don't care about stuff like that but God gave me a good business you know he gave that to me I wasn't looking for for that business I know what I'm doing I know nothing about that I did know nothing nothing I mean you know what I'm saying the only thing I knew I was serving God I was, I was waiting on Sunday to get here, you know. 
and I was praying every day and I was reading my Bible every day and I was doing whatever I had to do to serve God. That's all I wanted to do. And, and God just kept blessing me and blessing my family and, and blessing this church. And, and, and so we're up to this point in our lives today and God still has plans for me. He still has plans for me. Don't lose sight. Don't lose sight of what God has for you. God's, God's got bigger plans for you than what you think he has. And, and, and um, just get behind what God's doing. Great things are coming. And I tell you, hook up with the pastor. Hook up with Pastor Greg. Hook up with Pastor Amy. Hook up with Steve. Hook up with Rachel. Hook up with the leaders and see what they're doing. And get behind them. Get behind them. You know, I'm running my course. I run it a long time. Miss Jackie's running a long time. We run our course. But you know what? We, we still like, we feel like we still got a long way to go. We still got a long way to go. And I, and I just want to encourage you tonight to, to don't take this message lightly. Don't just say, boy, that was a good message, uh, Pastor Greg. No, he's talking about the life of this church. And he's talking about putting God first in your life. And putting God, put everything else aside. Because like it says in Matthew 6, 28, 6, 38, seek ye first the kingdom of God. He'll take care of all that other stuff. I mean, he'll just take care of it. You don't have to pray for it. You don't have to go for it. You go after God and God's got all the gifts. He's got all the gifts for you. And um, I just want, I mean, God just really stirred me up tonight. And, and uh, that little meeting he had with me in that truck that night. He wasn't trying to turn my life around. He was trying to build this church right here. And he said, and you're going to be the one that's going to help do it. Hallelujah. But he didn't tell me that. He just told me about that budge, that I better turn my life around. I got my butt home, and I went to church Sunday morning, and I hadn't missed since. Amen. And that's been almost 40 years ago. So... And that's a short period of time where time goes by fast when you're serving God. I mean, it's just like a, it's just like a blink of the eye. I mean, so uh, I just want to encourage you, you know, lay hold of what you've heard tonight. Because God's got great plans for this church. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Doug Brown has been a blessing. Many of you have been a blessing as well. He's not done with us. That scripture, our life is but a vapor. Let's let our vapor be a vapor of faith. Amen. Let our life be a, be a life of faith. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.